I would kick your ass. <laughs> Howdy, partner. Howdy. What's happened? Um, not great. Not great. Uh, yeah, the vibe. I think the vibes. The vibes are not great today. I hear. Uh, you. I, gotta get, I gotta get my car towed today. Yeah, that really sucks. Yeah. Um. Obviously, the Bill Russell stuff. It's just like. Yeah, that's the big news for today. I was I was just talking about him with my dad too yesterday. Just talking about like I can't remember where I saw the video and Matt I didn't save it, but there was a video of him dude just going up, grabbing a board on defense, coming down, outrunning everyone on the court, and then just dunking over, like just dunking it. Nice. It's just like he was just such a better athlete than like anyone he played against. It was crazy. But mm-hmm. yeah, big news of the day. Rest in peace to Bill Russell, 88 years old, 11-time champ. The he and he and some of his Celtics teammates longest are the most championships in NBA history, correct? Yeah, I mean he had the 11. He had uh, I think he did. I think it was 11 and it was eight straight. I think it was 11 and 12 years or something like that. 11 and 13 years. 11 and 13, I think. 11 and 13. Oh. But yeah, obviously the ultimate winner. Um, probably would have had several, probably like close to a dozen defense player of the year awards if that was a thing during his time. Yeah. Um, do you have anything you want to say about him? Because I like pulled some stories about him that I wanted to kind of read off. No, I figured we would just. I have some things here too, but I figured we'd just do a little Bill Russell reminisce, little story time um, to do the day. I mean, it's. The, the the should be about him today, you know? Yeah. Um, so first off, like you said, 11-time champ, Hall of Famer, five-time MVP, 11-time All-NBA, uh, averaged 15, 22.5, and 4.3 for his career. Um, finals MVP awards named after him was on the 25th, 50th, and 75th NBA All-Time team. Uh, this is from Wikipedia, so I'm not sure if this is 100% true. true. I didn't really fact check it. First African American head coach in Northern American pro sports. That's as fact, well, fact as, correct. As well as the first one in a championship. He did that as a player coach, I believe. Yes. Um, Two time NCAA champion while he was at University of San Francisco. Um, was the seventh. He also did um, track and field while at, while at San Francisco. Was the seventh best high jumper in the world while in college. Um, actually he tied for, I believe first in, in nationals and the guy he tied with wound up winning gold at that next Olympics. Um, okay. so just, just an incredible athlete overall. Gold um, medal, captain of the, what year was it? The 56, 56 Olympics. Yeah. Captain of the gold medal. Yeah. That was, I was, I was like so confused. When I was looking at, it. I was like, how is he only a one time Olympian? Then I like completely forgot that like before, before the dream team, like guys weren't allowed to play when they were professionals. <laughs> right. But uh, no, um, some other stories, obviously he had a huge impact on civil rights. Um, the reason why he came to Boston was kind of the forward thinking of both Red Auerbach and I believe, um, I want to say, what was his name? Was it Sanders? I can't remember the owner of the name, but um, they basically got Bill Russell for, they got, uh, Ed McCauley was a really good center, and they uh, I can't think of Cliff Hagen, maybe was the other player they traded for him. But really, the only reason St. Louis did that deal is because they just didn't really want a black player on their team. Mm-hmm. Um, so that kind of paved the way for him to be a Celtic. 
Um, Russell was credited for the first boycott of an NBA game um, because of as a demonstration against racist behavior. And I believe it was Lexington or in St. Louis. Maybe it was, I think it was in Lexington. They were playing the Hawks. I feel like it was something to do with uh, Kentucky, but um, either way, I guess it was his black teammates are being treated poorly. They were refused service. Um, so they're playing. Yeah. They're playing the Hawks. So wherever they were, they refused service. Um, him and I believe four other Celtics players, along with two um, players from the Hawks, all boycotted that game, which was the first like instance of uh, I believe boycotting any sporting event, any professional sporting event. Um, all the, the players did wind up playing that day. It was um, just only the white players for the teams. Mm-hmm. Um, and some of those guys are with them. So it was Thomas, Sash Sanders, and Sam Jones. Oh, yeah, it was in Lexington. So there were a few service at a coffee shop at their team hotel. They said they can't serve people like that. Uh, that's a quote from – or can't serve people like you or don't serve – yeah, don't serve people like you. Um, and that was a quote from uh, Thomas Sanders, Satch Sanders. Um, as well as that, Russell – yeah. So Russell wound up – Casey Jones as well. Um, a rookie on their team also decided to boycott as well. Um, Red tried to convince them to reconsider. They said Red was like, "Oh, you guys can be my guest for a private dinner." They said no. They wanted to make a, make a stand about this about this unfair treatment. Um, their owner actually had their back, which was, I mean, something that you don't really you. It's kind of surprising to see at that time. He said that not only did he support them boycotting it, but the game shouldn't have been played in general. And it's unacceptable to refuse that service or unacceptable that that's happening to these professional players. Um, I believe a player even spoke out from the uh, St. Louis Hawks team, a white player saying that any per, basically any person with a brain uh, shouldn't be a segregationist. So mm-hmm. that was a big moment for civil rights, uh, civil rights in general, as well as just the civil rights in the sports world. Um. Where's the next one? In 1963, um, civil rights leader Medgar Evers was murdered in the driveway of a Ku Klux Klan member. Um, Russell flew to Mississippi with the help of Evers' brother, Charles. He ran an integrated basketball camp at a local playground. Um, A few months later, Russell advocated for support around the Boston Public School boycott to protest de facto segregation. It was a very sensitive topic. Uh, that pushed Russell to the face of many insults, harassments, and even vandalism. One incident, one incident was so revolting and shameful that permanently kind of tainted his, his relationship with Boston. Um, someone broke into his house, literally just like smeared shit all over his like walls and bed and all that stuff. Just um, some of the stuff he was able to go through. It's like incredible that he was able to do this and just continued to fight his fight despite like all the backlash and all the shit that was happening to him um, on top of playing a, would you say a 15, 22 and four career? Yeah. Being like, I mean, art, I mean, a top 10 player. In first, I consider him and Wilt like the first generation of superstars. Like you might be able to throw some other guys in there, but those are the guys that stand above and beyond, like just what they're able to do. Like you can say, Wilt with the statistical um, numbers and Russell with, with leading the championships. Yeah. Um, those two guys are like the the first the first face of basketball, the first Absolutely. real superstars of basketball. Um, in 1967, Muhammad Ali 
was facing charges, refusing the service in Vietnam. Um, there, so they had a meeting, a uh, bunch of prominent black black athletes and just black leaders in general um, called this meeting with Summit, a uh, meeting in Cleveland with Ali. Uh, he called, uh, uh, Russell actually called up a guy by the name of Lou Alcindor. Obviously, that's Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, mm-hmm. um, Sig Part. They tried to have Ali avoid the charges by basically putting on benefit, yeah, like benefit fights for the soldiers and ha- to have him jo- uh, have him avoid these charges. Ali was wanted to stand stand put and say <laughs> that that was wrong. Um, the guy supported him. There's a very cool picture of all of them together. There's was- a film about that, correct? There's a film. It's like it's called like One Night in Something or, so, or something along that lines. I believe there's a film about the meeting. It was One Night in Miami. I didn't know that was about that. I think I think it is. Let me let me just do a, a quick little check. Yeah. So it was a photo of eleven men. Had some of the, some of the most fam- some very famous athletes. I believe Jim Brown was there as well. Um, just named some of them. While you're looking that up. Yeah, I'm I'm looking. Um, Russell also marched with uh Martin Luther King Jr on the day that he gave his speech he was in the very front uh he was in the front row on the, on the I have a dream speech um and the last one not so much civil rights but more player like player empowerment and just player rights like rights of the professionals mm-hmm. of the 20 there's a NBA All-Star game in 1964 of the 20 players that played it was at the Boston Gardens it was a home game for Bill Russell I believe he had a few other teammates um, 13 of which are Hall of Famers. They list Oscar Robertson, Bill Russell, Jerry Lucas, Heinsohn, Sam Jones, Jerry West, uh, Wilt Chamberlain, um, just to name a few. And Red Auerbach was the coach. They decided, I believe, 15 minutes prior to tip off that they had a vote that, like, they're right. They just need more rights. They were looking for bigger pensions, um, a bunch of other things like, um, goes kind of going towards what the CBA is like now. And they won by a vote of 11 to nine. The players voted in, in favor of striking the game and they were able to come to a agreement and they agreed to their pension, pension demands. Um, it was considered the biggest victory by the players union in like modern, uh, at least modern NBA history. Okay. Um, the first big like breakthrough union talk so he just did just so much um his impact like i said civil rights as well as just like player empowerment and yeah just impact on the game like just changing the game like making because like guys like him like they weren't making real money i mean guys weren't really making real money even even until like the 80s right so his he obviously made a huge difference um Obviously, he's a statue outside um, in Boston. Just, just a legendary figure, one of the greatest players of all time. Absolutely. Um, and uh, there were just in in between what you weren't what you were saying. Uh, Nineteen sixty four, uh, he was a member of the first all black starting lineup in the NBA. And then two years later, he took the job from Red Auerbach, one of the greatest basketball coaches ever. And then two years later, the first black coach to win an NBA championship. I mean, that's all that the, the, the ability to, uh, or I mean, just like the, 
the upward movement that he allowed for black basketball players, um, even in that span of what, five or six years, yeah. just sort of showed his impact on the, on, on the way he wanted to play the game and the way he was respected in the basketball community. Yeah. Um, you also remember something else. He's also part of the, the first uh, D1 collegiate team to have three uh, black starters. It was him, Sam Jones. I can't think of a third one. Another guy, I believe, was an NBA starter. I don't know, a long, an NBA player with a long career, but – um yeah so he obviously had a huge impact he was part of a lot of um a lot of very big moments i think i think there's a prompt given to us like one of our professional development days being like if you could have a conversation with anyone dead or alive um who would you pick my my instant thought i went to two guys and it was bill russell and kareem because of like some of the stuff we mentioned they're intertwined in a lot of this stuff i i think i did lean kareem because i think he kind of had a little bit maybe more I would consider more fun of a life he kind of got to do some of the acting stuff but a lot of that was set up because of what Bill Russell did of course um and just to just to clarify that one night in Miami was Jim Brown not Bill Russell Jim oh yeah Brown, yeah, yeah. I thought it was like a Muhammad Ali thing I didn't realize it was, it was Muhammad Ali Malcolm X Jim Brown and Kareem yeah but yeah I mean Bill Russell's right in there with those those leaders in yeah. in the black in the African-American uh, athlete community. But just like his life is like one of those where I feel like he, like he and Kareem, like I just think that you could just listen to them talk, listen to their stories. And I just think it'd be the most interesting thing in the world. Absolutely. Um, obviously Celtics legend. Um, yeah. Yeah. I mean, with him and him and Tommy, it's just like, I think those are some of the biggest, I think, I mean, I think Bill Russell is like, honestly, like Mr. Celtic. For I don't sure. think a bigger, a bigger figure in Celtics history than Bill Russell. So it's, it's going to be sad to see him go. There's nothing like him. No, he's got, he is certainly on that Celtics Mount Rushmore. Um, I mean, who, who else would you do? I think Bird would be on there. And then I think maybe one of the other old guys like Coons, uh, Coonsie or uh, Havlicek. I would think it's Bill, uh, I mean, could you put the coach? Could you put Red on there? I mean, Red did do a lot. Like he was the one that, I believe he was the GM when they drafted Larry Bird. Mm -hmm. um, but I don't know. I just think I, I think the two guarantees you're going with Bill and you're going with uh, Larry. I think after that, it's kind of it's kind of who you choose. I think probably most people, most older people, would want to select someone from those teams teams alongside Bill because he obviously had a lot of incredible teammates right. um, during those runs, but. Then kids our age would pick Paul Pierce. Probably, yeah, probably Paul Pierce would be on. He was one I was thinking of. I mean, he won one championship as opposed to those guys that have double-digit championships. It's kind of tough when yeah. – but um, importance is, you know. I hear he was in the league back then, but yeah. he, had a, he had a very – Paul Pierce had a very great importance individually to what we saw growing up and still the lead us to a championship. But Definitely. So um, – Sad day overall. Um, do you want to do any um, Jalen Brown talk? Yeah, I think we should discuss Jalen Brown. That's something that happened, I believe, on Monday, of course, like yeah. Monday morning. Sunday night, I don't know, I woke up to the news. Me too. Um, so it was, like, wonderful. We couldn't have got that in last week. But, um, yeah, Jalen Brown, I believe Shams and Woj both reported that Jalen Brown – uh, Derek White in a first round pick were poised to the Brooklyn Nets in exchange for Kevin Durant. 
Mm-hmm. Um, apparently, the Nets said no, and they wanted Marcus Smart and maybe and an additional pick, or or picks. yeah, mul- they wanted multiple picks, or they wanted Robert Williams, mm-hmm. which is just like what's the what's the point? Like, I get I get how good Kevin Durant is. I understand that. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Like his durability is a question. Obviously, his talent's not a question. He's up there. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I don't think he's going to get be any better than what he was last season. I think you're going to likely start to see a downward trend soon. I mean, it's so tough because, like, we're used to players starting to fall off at that age. Like, players are supposed to fall off around that. I mean, you've seen Melo. You've seen um, kind of Allen Iverson, Kobe's decline around that age. Yeah. It's just like we see LeBron and, like, we forget that sometimes, that guys that are 38 aren't supposed to still be doing the same stuff they were doing when they were 27. Mm-hmm. But I mean, that's going to be a serious thing. Like I, we don't know. And Kevin Durant hasn't been like super durable over the past couple of years. I don't really no, love it. The, I, yeah, the durability is a question, but it's also, we are seeing more guys playing later into their, uh, into their careers. I mean, Kevin Durant is not an insanely physical basketball player, so he may have three, four years left in the tank, but Jalen Brown has that plus 10, you know? Yeah. Like I'm saying, like you you have a slim, like I think it's a really a two year window with that team, yeah. Which like I think it might raise your ceiling, but not if you're giving up like guys like Robert Williams, because if you give up like a guy like him, or even like Marcus Smart, like I think that really hurts what they can do, even with Kevin Durant, because then you become so thin, you rely so heavily on those guys. Uh, I mean, we saw it this year, like a lot of our guys look kind of started to get burnt out. It looked like towards the end of the finals because they just been playing so many minutes. Because we didn't have that depth. Now we finally have that depth, and they're willing to give it all away. Like, if a guy like – if Al goes down, this team has no chance of winning. Like, if you lose, like, one more piece, even with Kevin Durant and Jason Tatum, like, you're not going to beat the Bucs. Like, it just doesn't seem worth it to me for that deal. Um, I I think Jalen Brown has also improved pretty much every single season he's been in the league. He has without a doubt, yeah. Yeah, I mean, there's – the thing maybe from a second to his third year, a drop off, but that was that Kyrie, Rogier, Marcus mm-hmm. Morris year where the whole team just didn't mesh. I um, still miss Marcus Morris, but that's neither here nor there. Yeah, I mean he's a great player, but it's just one of those things. There's too many, uh, too many cooks in the kitchen, and and that's in that situation. Yeah. And that was really the only year that Jalen, I feel like, didn't take a jump from one year to the next, even if it's a small one. Yeah. And, and then the next year he was averaging what sixteen, and then the following year, last year, not this one, but he was an all star. Twenty twenty one. Yeah, he was an all star this not this past year, but the year before that. Yeah, right. Um. Yeah, and, and I think especially with them making a finals run, unless they get off to just a horrendous appearance, I, I would think that just based off of kind of what they did this year alone, it would already kind of put them. It would already kind of put him into that all-star conversation just because I mean, a team coming off the finals run, if they come out and they're like a top two or three seed, like he's just going to get – like that's just how it works. Yeah, It's not saying that maybe there's other guys that are going to put better stats. I mean, his points per game were down from last year. Um, his effective field goal percentage was down from last year. But he did average a slight uptick in assists, slight uptick in, in rebounds per game. Um Turnover stayed the same. I'm trying to think what else. Three-point percentage did. But it seemed like everyone kind of – I mean, I, I do think he played better. I think 
his defense obviously was, and that a lot of that could have been some of that could have been a product of just how the team was playing. But I thought he played better defense than he did the previous year, and it wasn't like he had huge drop offs in any stats. Like they're all pretty neck and neck. Yeah. Um. So maybe you could say he didn't take a leap from one year to the next, but I think, um, also he had a different role. I think he excelled in the role that he did have. And I think that going forward this year, I wouldn't be surprised if he takes another leap. He's once again, I wouldn't be surprised if he has another 24 points. Um, I think his passing started to look better towards the end of last year. I think maybe limit the turnovers a little bit more, yeah. um, get a little bit better handle, uh, maybe shoot a little bit more efficiency, a little bit more efficiently. I think this was kind of a, um, not a fluky three point year, but this was one of his, one of his, uh, not, he had been trending in the right direction. He shot 38% two years ago last year or well, three years ago, he shot 38% last year. He almost shot or two years ago he shot was 39.7. And this past year he was only 35.8. So I would expect to see him back over, back over probably closer to 37. Yeah. Um, but you're, you're bringing up the, like the decline in shooting numbers and efficient and effective field goal percentage. But I mean, when it, the eye test was when Jalen Brown shot the ball, it was going to go in. You know, there were. Yeah, I mean, how many? How many weird? Because he was incredible to start the year for mid range. Yeah. Um. Then we obviously had a big fall off, and it feels like December with like all of our guys. Um. He got no. He started the year with COVID, right? He was yeah. Right yeah, yeah, yeah. Um. And he was kind of came up firing, but I, I don't know. It just seemed like. It just seemed like a lot of times our defense really, our offense really struggled to create anything. And a lot of times he was left to try and create his own shot early on in the season. I do think as the year went on, I think he looked just better and better as mm-hmm. did the rest of the team. Um, and yeah, like, he, like you said, like, I think I test towards the end of the year. I think it's pretty clear that he's a guy that's going to be, it looks like a guy that's going to be a perennial all-star. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't want to move on from him. No, uh, I, I, I wouldn't either. I mean, we see it popping up everywhere. It's don't trade Jalen, don't trade Jalen. It's at the Celtic. I mean, it's at the Red Sox games. It's all over Twitter. No one wants it. It's just the the media pushing that narrative. You know, but I I honestly think that Windhorse put this out. Windhorse, no, Windhorse was the one that uh, corroborated the fact that it was a um, it was a previous trade option. Yeah, it wasn't like wasn't that day. It wasn't that Sunday night that that offer was submitted. No, it but, was like the week, the first week of July or something like that. Yeah, so he was just peddling a narrative four weeks later. Um, and honestly, I think it was to keep KD in the news cycle. I mean, KD's gonna it is KD is a top five player in the NBA and is going to uh, whoever takes him on is going to if he does get traded is the the package is going to be insane. It's going to be so monstrous and i think that uh but that's where i think the nets are making like you can't ask for like fair value because like what like if any team like no team is gonna be able to trade for kevin durant and still be in a position where they can win a championship because they're gonna have to give away like they're at the very most their second best player plus additional players plus additional picks like right you're putting a really shitty situation like there's very few teams i mean golden state's really the only one i can think of that if they can they can pull off this trade and really not lose a whole lot because they have that because of that those down what one or two years or those that 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 really just one down year and making that trade to acquire wiggins where they got that additional pick like they have the young assets 
as well as having a guy like Andrew Wiggins, an all-star caliber player, mm-hmm. um, to make that deal. Like very few teams, and that's I think the best you're going to get in a situation that really make really makes them still contenders. Exactly, and then and then you it gets to the point where who would theoretically what teams are capable of trading for Kevin Durant a in the first place who have the talent who have the bench players that Brooklyn would ask for um, and who would be willing to mortgage the future expecting to win a championship there are probably only six or seven teams in the NBA that expect to win a championship in the next like do you do you want to you want to go through it because I don't think like there's probably only six or seven teams that in the next year think they can win a championship. Oh, just like it's the upcoming season. Yeah. I mean, yeah. the teams that I think in the East, you obviously go Milwaukee, my, I mean, I think Miami thinks they can, but I don't think Miami, Miami got better this year. I think Miami, no, Miami got worse did. this year. Miami can't. So I wouldn't, I don't, Miami. I don't know who they, did they even make, I don't think they made an acquisition this year other than just drafting, like drafting guys and signing undrafted free agents. They, they lost PJ Tucker. Yeah. So it's like I don't, I don't think they're really contenders. Uh, I think Toronto is interesting. No, no. I think there's probably still a piece away. Yeah. But I mean, they have Scotty Barnes. They have some younger guys too as well. Um, I think Phil. I think Philly is definitely a contender. I think um, Philly, Boston, Boston, and then and, Milwaukee, and Milwaukee are the only three out of the East that can win a championship next year. Yeah. And then in the West, Golden State. Golden State could easily repeat. Um, What'd you say was the second the team? Suns. Yeah, I mean the Suns. I feel like what this have the Suns really done anything this this year though? I mean they, I think all they did was they really just lost. They lost Chevelle. Like I don't think they really yeah. improved. I, I guess I'd put them as the conversation because they've been to. Well, they didn't even go to the Western Conference Finals last year, but I no, guess I could they, still put them in the conversation. They're, they're they're a team that can win a championship. Um, Golden State, Phoenix, and Denver maybe. I think uh, yeah, I mean that obviously depends a lot on the health of Jamal Murray and like how Jamal and MJ look coming back. Yeah. Um, they're interesting. When I think the Timberwolves think they can be, I don't really think that. I think Rudy Gobert is going to be washed like off the court once again. Yeah. Yep. Um, the Grizzlies I, are an interesting think, one. Yeah, I was going to say I think the Grizzlies are also in that think that they can win. But I don't think they can. They're a piece. I think of they basketball. got all the pieces. Though it's just like, yeah, I don't know. They're a weird one too. I don't. I don't think they're quite there yet. I just, I just need to see it from them. Yeah. Um, the Hawks are an interesting one too. I, I was going to say the Hawks, but the the Hawks are not going to be good. Yeah, I just think that the whole situation with like John Collins is so weird. Like I think, and it's interesting to see like having a guy like Dejounte pairing up with a guy like. Uh, Trey, I think it's going to be an interesting combo. Yeah, I'm excited to watch them. I don't think that they're going to be championship caliber. Same, same with the Mavericks. I don't think that they're going to be championship. Yeah, caliber. that was one that came to my mind, and I was like, I don't know. Like, they just, I think they need a fundamental change in the way they play. Like, I've just never seen outside of LeBron a team be so reliant on one player and win a championship. Like, I've just never – I've never seen it. Like, even in the Kobe years where you say Kobe's taking all the shots, like, Kobe wasn't doing, like, all the playmaking. Like, he usually had a competent point guard like Derek Fisher who had the ball yeah. in his hands a lot. Like, Kobe didn't want to have to do everything. Right. Um, Luke was bringing the ball up every single possession. He's, and he's also grabbing, like, nine rebounds a game. Like, he's doing a lot. Yeah. 
um, on the offensive side of the ball. And that just seems to never work when your whole team is just based around one, one guy doing everything. Exactly. So that's what I'm saying. Like there are maybe seven teams in contention. And they lost, lost Jalen Brunson too. And they did. Yeah. They lost another, the only other ball handler on that team. Yeah. So, so that's, so we had three in the East and three, three in the, maybe four in the yeah, West. I mean, I consider Denver like Jokic is going to be good enough. Yeah. And, and we're assuming that Michael Porter Jr. and um, Jamal Murray, at least by playoff times, are going to be back to like 100% of what they were. Yeah. So I think it's the assumption of that one. So really two to three teams, like five teams total. Yeah. I think any other team winning championship next year would be very surprising. Agreed. So what teams in that peripheral zone we just talked about a have the assets and b have the like and b have the the like the inclination to mortgage their future for for the opportunity to win a championship in the next two years yeah i mean i don't think a package around tyler hero is going to do it i don't i don't think they're able to trade bam because of the like rookie max thing yes um and I just don't think Brooklyn would see worth it. We talked about Atlanta. I think Atlanta, if they want to trade John Collins, throwing a ton of picks, um, they got some other young guys that at least are interesting. Bogey like, and Herder. No, Herder went to Sacramento. Sorry. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I was thinking like even a Kongwu and like, um, what's his and, name? The guy that I really liked last year, the guy at a Duke. He played like two Bobby games. Jalen Johnson? Jalen Green. J- no, no. Jalen Johnson. Yeah, Jalen Johnson. Yeah, yeah. Johnson. Uh, I mean, they're interesting. Yeah. Um, we talked about where, where are some other teams we just talked about. I don't think Minnesota could do it. No. I mean, no. they could. They they could. They yeah. have the pieces, but I don't think they'd be willing to give up a guy like Ant to get him. Um, or D'Angelo Russell and whatever. They, yeah, they'd need D'Angelo, and I don't think anything else is even worth it on their roster past D'Angelo. Yeah. Like D'Angelo, I don't think is even really a hot commodity at this point. Someone we haven't said is the Jazz, but the Jazz don't have anybody to trade except for picks. They've Donovan Mitchell. Yeah, but uh, then why would they trade Donovan Mitchell for Kevin Durant? Yeah, because then they. Yeah, I guess you're right. <laughs> I, was, I, I was like, well, that would work. Yeah, no, I but forgot, I forgot in my in my head they had the three way trade. I still had the head my three way trade of the Phoenix to. That's how that, do we talk about that one where I was like send KD to Phoenix send yeah. to Utah send Mitchell to New York or right. Brooklyn yeah but, no yeah. Like, we didn't even bring up the Jazz the Jazz suck um the Grizzlies I mean if they want to make a package around Jaron Jackson Jr. yeah but they, uh, Jaren, but Jaron Jackson and I mean you could throw in Dylan Brooks and and. Desmond Bain and picks like that might be something that's like somewhat interesting. I don't think that's really like, I don't it's think those guys predict to be all-stars though. Like I think you need, you need to send an all-star and then some back as we're seeing with the Jalen Brown thing. Yeah. But I, I, I don't think uh, Memphis would do that either. Everybody in Memphis loves Jaron Jackson. Like Jaron Jackson. I think they'd be willing to, like, I think they'd be willing to trade him. He's had, he's, I feel like been very consistent with just being like in like injured. Um, I don't know. All my Memphis buddies love him. Yeah, I think he's a likable likable player. I just think his issue, like, I just think the team is just like his health isn't the biggest concern. I don't know if that's just a narrative I have, but I'm pretty sure it seems that he's a guy that misses a lot of games. He, I think he um, missed like his second season 
Are there any other teams? I mean, the Suns still would be an interesting one. I if they could trade. I mean, I don't think they'd want Chris Paul. No. And I don't think they're allowed. Yeah, I get. Yeah. June thirtieth, he had a, he had foot surgery. Recovery time four to six months. Oh yeah, he's out for the he's out for the first bit. And and he, he, he played seventy eight games. He played seventy eight games this past year, but before that, he played. 11 games, 57 games, 58 games, which yeah. I don't know what. I think 66 was the one for 1920. I think 66 yeah. was the most they could have played. No, 2021 would have been 66. How many did they play in? But Two years ago, it was 66. Okay, but how many did they play in 1920? 1920? Yeah, like the, like 19- oh. oh, oh. Oh, 2019, 2020. I was like, "What the yeah. fuck are you asking me for?" No, because that was because that was the one where like the COVID season like ha- first happened. Like COVID happened, and they had to stop, and then they played the bubble. Oh, right, right, right. Yeah. Um. Yeah, but it's not super durable. No. So that's a concern, but I don't know. There's Next a lot. Of, I think I think New Orleans is one that's very interesting. I agree. Yeah. They um, they have Brandon Ingram. Like I don't think they're sold on Brandon Ingram. Honestly, like. If they Thanks, if Zion, yeah, I mean, I, I think he just signed that four year deal, didn't he? The four year max. So I guess there's no real point oh, to yeah. sign him now. Psych. But I was gonna yeah. say if he if he was unhappy and wanted to trade, like prior to signing that extension, I think that would have been a really interesting one. Just like a one, that could have been a one for one swap. Zion had two picks or something. I, I mean, honestly, like I think if you're like willing to tra- if they're willing to trade Zion, and I mean, health aside, like I think. I think you're just gonna want Zion for KD straight up, but I mean they have Brandon Ingram. They have some other some other guys that are very they're very talented. Um, who else did they get in the CJ McCollum? Did they get someone else I liked? Right? Um, they got Nasir Little. Did they get Nasir Little? Maybe I don't know. Let me check out their roster real quick. But they're they're the only one that they're not really like one piece away. But they're still interesting to me. Yeah, I honestly think New Orleans is one piece away. If they can keep Zion and Brandon Ingram, they have some good depth. Their bigs are good. I really like Jackson Hayes. Um, but I think I think they are one piece away. If they could, but they 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 can't move one of those pieces. Oh, they got Larry Nance. Larry Nance, yeah. Exactly. Um, just look at their list. I mean, they don't really have too many guys though that are very. I don't think would really Herb Jones. I think Herb I like Jones him. could be yeah. could be an interesting piece. They, they would do a trade. Like, do you think Brooklyn would want CJ McCollum? It would have to be a lot more, but no, I don't think they want McCollum. I think they'd probably want. I think they'd probably want Brandon Ingram and then a guy like Herb Jones or Jackson Hayes. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I think Jackson Hayes, he's kind of – I only he's kind of the, the guy – not the guy, but I only he's kind of got the uh, the stock that he had maybe even like a year ago. I think you're right, but I still like got him. got some off-the-court stuff as well. Um, and he just, he just wasn't really – I don't know, didn't have a super impressive season last year. He's been backing up Jonas Valanciunas, so. Yeah. Okay, well, I don't think I, I don't think there's really anything else to talk about. Um, the Sixers might be in trouble for tampering, but they'll probably just lose like a second round pick, so it doesn't really matter too much. Nope. But 
Either way. Well, okay. rest in peace to Bill Russell. Yep. All, All right, Bill Russell. See you guys next week. See ya.